Welcome to Living the Word Today, brought to you by Mount Calvary Baptist Church. We invite you to spend the next few minutes studying God's Word with your Bible teacher, Jesse Wagoner. Pastor Wagoner's desire for you is to not only understand God's truth, but to help you live it today. More resources can be found on our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Now it is time to open your heart and your Bible for your time in the Word.
Well, I am so glad that you joined me as we get back into part four of this look at the soils. You remember Jesus said there was a sower that went out to sow, and as he sowed seed, it fell on different soils, and the different soils produced different responses. And he's using this to explain the different responses that they were seeing in their day to the ministry and the claims of Christ, and it's showing us the different responses that we see in our day as we sow the Word of God in this world. And it also shows us, here's where it gets personal, it shows us sometimes our responses. Remember, we've said this a number of times. We can be any one of these soils at any given time. And we need to have some really serious self-examination to that. But we get to the fourth one today, and this is the one that's the fun one because it's a positive result. After three kind of misfires, after three failures, we get to this opportunity where we describe and have described to us uh, the full impact of what is intended. And if you go in your Bible, look at your Bible as we continue this Portraits of Love series. Today we're talking again about the soils. We're going to look today in Matthew 13 where Jesus gives this parable. It begins this way and says in verse 3, And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. So he's scattering the seeds in the fields, expecting to get a crop and a harvest. And it says this in verse 8, But others fell on good ground. Well, we want to be the good ground, don't we? On good ground. And yielded a crop. This was the whole point. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And Jesus ends with this kind of interesting statement. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. If you have understanding, if you can really understand this, really hear this, you can understand it's not just a story about a sower and seed. This is, a, this is a parable. This is a picture. This is a portrait to teach you and I something about where we stand before God and what the point of it all is. Then you recall later in this chapter, Jesus explains the parable to the disciples, and that's recorded for us by Matthew, and we're so glad we have this. And it says in verse 23, here's his explanation. But he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Notice the word he is in there, and you see this all through this parable. The soil is connected to he, he, the, uh, the us, if you will. So he receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. And it's a wonderful picture of what can happen if we are the good soil. So they want to talk about fruitfulness and what that means. Now, uh, this is going to be the best way I know how to say this. It's probably not the best way it could be said, but it's the best I have. Let's first of all think about God's contribution, okay? He is the sower and his word is the seed, okay? So God's contribution, the sower, he has a desire and he does desire to speak to us. That's his contribution to this whole process of fruitfulness. He wants to talk to you. He wants his word to get to you. He wants his word to affect you and me and us. Isn't that a great thing that God wants to talk to us? You know, we live in these days where we have our, our smartphones handy and it rings. And I don't know about you, but I usually look to see if the caller ID or if it comes up out of my contact list that I can see who it is. And sometimes it's a number that's unknown, and I'm probably a little reluctant to answer it because it's probably someone want to tell, wanting me to tell me that the warranty on my car is about to run out or some other sort of thing that I'm really not interested in hearing about. But pops up there. I see Julie's name on there, and I'll, actually on my phone her picture pops up. And also there's a ringtone that's a special song to her and I that pops up. So whenever that happens, I'm very anxious to answer that because of the person who's speaking to us. Well, God in his word is speaking to us in a way that's amazing, and he's given us the word of God. So in essence, we open this book, it's sort of like God's ringtone is popping up. His picture is popping up. Here's his name. Here's his number. He wants to talk to you. You are privileged by that, and so are, so are all of us. But also, he gives us the seed. His seed is the word given to us, his word given to us. 
And remember, we've already talked about his word is living. It is powerful. It is, it's without error. It's what he intended. It's, it's exactly what we need. It's profitable for us in all the areas of our lives and all the challenges we face in life. So we have his word. So God's contribution is he's the sower. He wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to us. And second, his contribution is he gives us his word that he's given to us, and it does so much and amazing things for us. And it's the seed that causes the growth. Just like seed in the real world, it looks dead. It, looks very not, uh, it doesn't look very promising. But once it's in the soil, has the right temperature, moisture, environment, it germinates and life springs from what appears to be dead. And a little shoot comes up and roots go down and it springs up and it grows and it has leaves and it continues to grow until it produces, in this case, a harvest. He's probably thinking about grain, probably barley or something like that, which is, was commonly sowed this way, very familiar to their culture. So, uh, and it would come up and, the, and then the, 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 uh, the heads would be uh, collected and it'd be threshed and the grains separated from the hulls. And then that became all sorts of things for them, the basic food stuff, if you will. That was the bread of life to them in their day. So we have this contribution from God. But what is our contribution? And this is where the words maybe aren't the best because do we really ever make any contribution to God's work? Well, we somehow cooperate with this. And I've talked about this many times, how the interface between what God is doing and what he allows us to participate in, that interface, uh, all I know is this. If it's messed up, it's my fault. If it works, it's God's glory that's in play. It's, It's to him be praised. But he does invite us to make choices, to avoid things, to change our thinking, to put ourselves in a place where we're growing. All those things kind of work together, and it all sort of works together for our growth. So let's talk about our contribution. Our contribution is hearing. Go back to verse 9. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. We want to listen. We want to take time to listen. Sometimes that's where we mess up, where we're not really hearing. But in this case, these four soils, all of them heard, but the mess up came later, if you will. So we need to hear. And you're hearing today as we open God's Word and read. Anytime you open God's Word, remember this, you're hearing His voice. And this is well worth the investment of your time and energy to listen to His voice, to hear what He wants to say to us. But then it needs to be genuine hearing, okay? Genuine hearing. And that's that where He talks about uh, the stony, uh, the, the seed that fell on uh, the stony places. It grew up and it just was an emotional thing, okay? Okay, the first soil, it heard but didn't understand. We're going to come back to understanding in just a moment. It heard but didn't understand. But the second fell among the stony ground. It sprang up, but as soon as the conditions were harsh, it withered away and died. And sometimes that's the condition. Or just, it's all emotion, just all feeling. There's no depth of understanding of dealing with the deep issues, the deep issues of the Word of God. And it's also, then thirdly, our contribution is hearing, genuine hearing, and then freedom from distraction, that we just don't let anything get in the way of that. And that's the seed that fell among the thorns. The thorns grew up along with the wheat or the, the grain, I should say, and it choked it out so that it grew, it lived, but it did not produce, it did not produce grain, which was the point of the sower sowing it to begin with. So we need to weed out those distractions. And then thirdly, we need genuine understanding. And that's what he talks about in verse 23. He who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. So we're going to talk a little bit about understanding today and try to illustrate that for us, okay? So four, two components from God. He is the sower. He wants us to hear. He, is, he has a desire to speak to us. Number two, he, is the, he has given us the seed. His word has been given to us and it's powerful. It changes us. Our contribution, we hear, genuine hearing, really hearing, 
we have freedom from distraction, and then we add understanding to that, then there's fruitfulness. And that's what he talks about in the end of 23, produces fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. And really the emphasis here is not to try to have the most production, but the emphasis is to have production. Because in one climate, you may only get 30% 30, 30 return on your investment. Another one, you might get 60, you might get 100. You know, it really just, it varies. And with us in our world, different times, different places in history, different gifts, different liabilities, different challenges, different opportunities, all those things can change. But whatever our calling and whatever opportunity, we want to be fruitful for the Lord. So let's talk about understanding. And as in all of the other passages, we, all the other soils we've looked at, we found passages in Scripture to help us kind of bring that to life. And I want to take you back to Daniel chapter 4. And if you want to turn there in your Bible, I would encourage you to be there. It's a fascinating story in, in Daniel chapter 4. And I, I really want you to see it in your Bible if you can. Because in Daniel chapter 4, we have this last section, verses 28 through verse 37. It's all written by a Babylonian king, a pagan king, the one who was responsible for, for the captivity and having Israel being, uh, the remnant of Israel anyway, being deported. That's why Daniel was in uh, Babylon to begin with. He was deported. They, they kind of brought him there to work in sort of a forced uh, situation. But while he's there, Nebuchadnezzar, he's a very unlikely prophet, by the way. I mean, an extremely unlikely prophet. But he had the, prop, the, the opportunity to hear the word of God. In, uh, in chapter 2, if you just kind of want to glance back there, we're not going to have time to read it, but he has a dream. No one can interpret it except Daniel comes forth, and by the will of God and the power of God, he's able to, to understand the dream and interpret it, and it's a powerful message from God. So he's heard once. Then you go over to chapter 3. That's the, the image of God, and that's the, the story of Daniel's friends being thrown into the fiery furnace. The fact that they were thrown into a fire and walked out unscathed without even the smell of smoke on their clothing was a testimony to Nebuchadnezzar as well. So God spoke to him there. He spoke to him a third time in the beginning of chapter 4 with a second dream. And again, Daniel's the one who explains it through the power of God. So God has spoken to him three very specific times. So he has heard. He has heard. But he heard without complete understanding. It never really got to the level that changed his life. And understanding means getting it to the point of saying, what does this mean for me? Where, how does this fit into my life? What changes do I need to make based on this scripture? In other words, just being able to say, this is what it says, and this is who did what, and here's the facts. That's all well and good. That's part of hearing. But understanding means, what does this matter? Why is this in the Bible? Why has God given this to me to read? How does this fit this story from long ago fit into my life today. Nebuchadnezzar lacked that understanding. And uh, you see in verse 28 how this, what this looks like. All right? All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, this is 12 months from the last time God spoke to him in his dream, okay? So God's given 12 months to reflect on this. But rather than honoring God and pleasing God, he's really focused on himself, all right? At the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon, hmm, looking around, and notice what he said. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? You talk about some, some, some narcissism. You talk about some self-focus. He's all over that. Look at everything I did. It's all because I'm a great person. 
okay? Now, that says several things, and you see this in the parable of the sower, okay? He heard, but he had no understanding. He'd heard God three very distinct times speaking through Daniel and through circumstances to him. He saw the power of God at the fiery furnace story, okay? We, we saw it. But rather than giving God credit, he says, I'm really the one in charge, okay? So it did not penetrate. That's that first soil, the, the, the byway or the pathway soil. It, the seed does not penetrate. It just lays there and the birds come and sweep, sweep it away. But also there's some emotion there because he's, he's feeling really good. Is, is not this great Babylon? Isn't this just lovely? Look at this power. Look at this kingdom. Look at this city. Look at the walls. Look at the palace. Look at everything I own. I just am, I'm at the top of the pyramid of humanity. But you understand to be at the top of the pyramid of humanity leaves us still at the bottom of the equation when it comes to the God who's above all, right? So he was caught up with the emotion of all that he saw. That's the second soil. Sprang up. I mean, he'd heard God. He'd sort of respected God. He sort of gave some credit to God. But he really hadn't got to the point where it was just sort of an emotional reaction. He hadn't hadn't got him to the point where he thought, I need to change. Something needs to change inside. And then we might say it this way. He was distracted. Remember Jesus said in the third soil, that's the thorny soil that fell among thorns. And the thorn grows up. Thorns grow up and choke it out. He'd heard God three distinct times. But it was choked out by what? His wealth, his success, his desire to be great, his desire to be lifted up. Remember, we talked about all that's in the world. You remember Jesus talked about being, it can be choked out by the cares of this world. And last session we talked about part of that is our own pride, the pride of life. The lust of the eyes, what he saw he wanted, the, the, the lust of the flesh. He, he just desired to be this great guy, and he had achieved that, or so he thought. And then he ta- Jesus also talks about the thorns as the deceitfulness of riches. He talks about in the end of verse 30, and for the honor of my majesty, the royal dwelling. I mean, this is, this is, this is just an amazing reality that he, that he faces here. So uh, he's distracted. Remember we talked about this. God's contribution, the sower. Had God sown into Nebuchadnezzar's life? Absolutely. The seed, the word of God. Had God spoken his word to Nebuchadnezzar? Absolutely. God had done all of that. How had he done? Well, he was sort of like the three bad soils all combined, okay? He was, the, he was like the one who heard without understanding. Well, that's neat that there's a God out there. That's great, but I, I don't, I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to worship him. Uh, he was also like the, the, the soil that sprang up and the seed that sprang up in the soil that was full of rocks. There was emotion there, but not real depth of understanding. And he's also like the, the, the third soil. He's distracted by his own pride. He's distracted by all the things he sees. And he's not really thinking about God. But look how the, look, let's see how this works for him, okay? And by the way, it may not be quite as dramatic as what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. But let me tell you, if we're not living a humble, contrite life before God, and we think it's all about us, we're going to fall. We're going to fall into, into a bad situation. Now, I want to read verse 30 and 31 because the, the, the pivot point is very, very interesting. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my might, mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, he hadn't even finished the statement, hadn't, hadn't even put the period on the end of the sentence. A voice fell from heaven, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is, it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. 
and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know, this is the understanding God wants to get him to, that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and he gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hair had grown, had grown like eagle's feathers and nails like bird's claws. Wow. He says, God interrupts his self-aggrandizing party and says, just so you'll know, God's spoken to you and this kingdom has departed from you. And you're, you're going to be so humbled, you're not even going to be a man anymore. He's, now, he was still a man, but you're going to think you're an animal. You're going to act like an animal. You're going to, can you imagine? And this literally happened. Can you imagine? the? I'm sure there was a big cover-up in Babylon to like, where's the king? We're not seeing much of him these days. Well, he's meditating. He's, he's worshiping his God. He's on a long journey. Uh, we're not going to get this in any historical records. But really what's happening behind the palace walls, he's out all down on all fours, reaching down and grabbing a mouthful of grass and eating it out of the dirt of the earth, just like an ox would. And it says that, that he was driven from in and his body was wet with the dew of heaven. He's living outside. He's not living in a comfortable palace. That palace that he said, I built in all my majesty, it's taken from him. His mind, and his mind is convinced that he is an animal and he begins to act like it and imitate that. And it says that... Uh, so his hair had grown like eagle's feathers. So it's sort of like just hanging down and he's unkempt and un un unpresentable. And his nails were like claws and he was just a mess. It says till seven times. We assume that means seven uh, months uh, that he was like this. And he's, he's humble before the Lord. So he heard without understanding. He was overcome with emotions. He was distracted by his own self and success. As a result, God humbled him. We need to do some very continual self-examination and be very careful to look at ourselves to make sure we're not like any of those soils. Remember God's contribution? He's the sower. He, his desire is to speak to us. He gives us the seed, which is his word given to us. Our contribution, we hear with genuine hearing, not just emotion, freedom from distraction, and then understanding. And that's what we want to look at. What does understanding look like? Okay. Now, it says in verse 34, at the end of the time, we assume that to be seven months, I, Nebuchadnezzar, now he's writing this in the first person. This is taken right out of his journal, if you want to say it that way. I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. Now, we might be tempted to think that it was just like he suddenly knows I'm a human again. I'm not, not, why am I eating grass? Why are my fingernails and my hair like this? And why am I wet from the dew of heaven? Why am I not you know, properly clothed and properly cared for and housed? Now, that is true, but I think there's also an implication, his understanding of what got him there. And what got him there was, look at this, it's all about me, even after God had spoken to him. It's all about me. Everything that's accomplished, I accomplished, even though God had given him this place. Now, God wants to remind him who is really in charge. So his understanding my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him who lives forever. So understanding is three things, and I, this, is what, this is really the heart of what we want to get to. And I think this is really the heart of this whole story of the sower and the seed and the soils. And this is what we need to strive for. This is where we make a contribution along with God's contribution of, his, of, of being the sower and also the seed, his word that's given to us, that we can have understanding. 
And simply this, understanding is, first of all, knowing what God's word means. And he says here, my understanding returned to me, middle of 34, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Now, Nebuchadnezzar knew that his kingdom, as far as his involvement, would only last one generation and then maybe other generations, but we know it's not going to last forever. But God's generations of his kingdom last forever. So his understanding is, I now know what God is saying to me. I am not the king of kings. He is the king of kings. I don't accomplish all these things by my own efforts, but God has allowed it, and God has chosen me to do these certain things. So his understanding was seeing what God's word means. When we study God's word, we need to see and understand and see what it means. If there's a word we don't understand, the history we don't understand, we need to keep digging till we understand exactly what God's saying to us. We've done that in these four weeks with the, with the, uh, the soils and the sower and the seed, and we're doing it with all the time. That's right, why we put such emphasis as a church on the, the study of God's word to help us understand what he's saying. But then there's a deeper step, okay? Get this one. Knowing what God's word to me, that's the first step of understanding. Second step is this. Seeing what it says to me. What does it say to me? What is this in my life? Where does this fit in my life? And uh, he says in verse 35, here's his understanding. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. By the way, he was one of those inhabitants of the earth. The one who said back in verse 30 that, I have built the royal dwelling in my, my, by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty. No, 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 no. All the inhabitants of earth, verse 35, are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? God's in charge. He is not up for review. Nothing he does is up for review. We just take it from his hand. So we understand. Seeing what it means for me, this is the question we need to ask. Lord, what are you saying to me? Find what you're saying to me. In this case with, with Nebuchadnezzar, he's saying, you're in charge, God, I'm not. By the way, good lesson for all of us. But understanding is understanding what he says, understanding what he says to me. And number three, act accordingly. Act accordingly. 36, at the same time, my reason has returned to me for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom. An excellent majesty was added to me. But notice 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. He experienced it. He lived that, did he not? Act accordingly. Notice he praises, extols, and honors. In his case, he says, I'm going to change what I say to him. That's praise. Extolling is I'm going to change what I say about him. And thirdly, I am going to honor him. I'm going to treat him differently. Nebuchadnezzar comes from all of those bad soil situations and all those things that we've looked at in Matthew 13 to a place where he hears and understands and then fruitfulness comes because he's added this half a chapter directly written from Nebuchadnezzar's pen. This half a chapter it contributed to the word of God. And it reminds us that God is God over all. His works are truth. His ways are justice. And all who walk in pride he's able to put down. What great truth for us. So here's my desire for you. Here's God's desire for you. 
Okay, his contribution, he's the sower, he gives us the seed, the word of God. Our contribution, here, genuine hearing, freedom from distraction, and then understanding. Understanding is knowing what God's word means, seeing what it says to me, and then acting accordingly to find an actual result. You know, as part of our worship services, uh, we've been doing this for some months now, but as part of our prayer time, we pray in advance of the message about the response we should make to the word of God. And uh, we, 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 in this service that this message was a part of, is a part of, we, we prayed about our response of understanding. And now we get to that, that's the point, that we would live in understanding, that we know what God's word says, what it means, what it says to me, and then act accordingly. That's the desire to have a response. If there's no response, have we really heard? No, no, we're insufficient soil. We might spring up for a while in emotion, or we might live for a while but choked out by the, by the thorns. But to really be fruitful, we need to hear and understand. So take those three points of understanding and may you put them into your Bible study and may you live them out in your life today. Thank you for joining me for our study of God's Word today. Thank you for joining us for Living the Word today. We appreciate your sharing in this study of the Scriptures. And thanks too for your prayers and for letting others know of this ministry as we seek to be living the Word today. We would love to have your feedback and to hear from you. And the best way to contact us is through our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Until next time, may His blessing be yours.